1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden,
2: Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
1: Welcome to the Budding Heads podcast from Ramstalk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow, as always, joined by Magic Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's been three hours, a little bit more, since Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns, and which was basically the equivalent of an NFL Woj Bomb. How are you feeling?
3: You know, the Browns may not be half bad this year, <laughs> but that's what we always say every year before they totally suck. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: That's right. But, you know, after last week, Johnny, this is what I want to open the show with. I want to talk about Sprite, okay? Do you like Sprite? Oh, absolutely. Who doesn't like Sprite? It's I- a consistent, reliable soda. You know, for me, it's not my go-to, but if there's a can of Sprite Sprite in the fridge, it's never going to disappoint if I want it. it. goes well in any, really, cocktail with any type of liquor. It's easily adaptable, you know, it can adapt to any situation. It's just consistent, Uh, You know, it's not the best soda. It's not the best drink in your fridge, but you know what you're going to get from Sprite, and you know it's going to, you know, be good. And today, the Rams lost their Sprite. They lost Roger Saffold. He's heading to the Titans on a four-year, $44 million contract. The man's getting his payday. The Rams lost their longest-tenured player. Johnny, how do you feel about losing our Sprite?
3: You know, it's kind of one of those things where... You know, if you're looking for that beverage that will quench, quench your thirst, then you're gonna you're gonna want a Sprite. And with the Rams' offensive line, they kind of are are gonna be without that, you know, refreshing cool drink that that Roger Saffold was. I mean, in in essence, his whole career was basically something that was kind of amazing for the Rams because he. Fell to the Rams in the second round back in uh, the 2010 draft. Uh, I was I remember that draft very clearly. I was really surprised that he fell to us there. And on top of that, he's had a pretty steady career. You know, this is a, a career doesn't get the credit it deserves uh, because he's not what you would call a you know one of the best guards. You know, and he's not a top three guard in my opinion, or maybe not even a top five guard. But he was—he's kind of been one of those top ten guards that are just, uh, you know, really solid and someone you can really rely upon. And now that he's gone, it's just like, well, damn. You know, you have this guy in your on your offensive line that's been here for almost a decade and he's no longer here. Now, is it the end of the world? Not necessary, not necessarily in my opinion because I feel like he can be replaced, but it's still kind of one of those things where you kind of wish he was there because you know, he's been there and he's been that go-to guy. So whether or not he's replaced or not, the Tennessee Titans got a got a really solid guard in my opinion. Although, I'm not going to lie, I feel like they overpaid, which kind of seems to be the trend in during this free agency period.
1: Well, I think the only reason I would say they overpaid is the injury history. Saffold has had some serious problems in the past, and he's not getting younger. He is He's going to be 31 at the start of next season. But uh, this, this is a guy who is coming off the two best years of his career – at 29 and 30 and you know early on in his career he he was a hit or miss player he almost left the rams i mean i i don't really want to bring, mean to bring that up since he's leaving but he did almost leave us once so a lot of people thought that he would kind of want to stay here at all costs uh, i i think i've said there was a chance he'd take a discount but more realistically you know i i've mentioned this a ton of times on the podcast you have a certain a set amount of time as an nfl player to make the majority of the money you're going to make for the rest of your life to you know, put a foundation in place to raise your kids and support your family for the rest of your life because you know, after football, some guys are able to make it happen in different careers, but not everyone is. And for a thirty, a soon-to-be 31-year-old guard to be able to get a $44 million, $11, 11 million a year over the course of four years with the Titans, who, no, they're not the Rams, but their team who is trending upwards you would think uh I'm, I'm pretty down on the titans personally but they they should continue to trend upwards and sapple to be a big help for that i don't blame the guy for leaving i don't blame the rams for not paying him i wouldn't say it's a huge overpay because now i know the guy's not the guy's not andrew whitworth but you know look how much money andrew whitworth is making right now with the rams in year three he's making a, he's making a lot more money than roger sapple does but I can't blame Saffold, and he'll be missed. And I, I, the, the Titans are getting a great guy, a great team player. And it's not the best contract in the world, but I don't think it's the worst. Assuming he's healthy, uh, again, this guy has had the two best years of his career over the past two seasons. But Johnny, because of how quickly I wanted to get into our sprite analogy, um, we didn't really, we didn't really open the show, guys. You know where to find our podcasts, and you got to check out all the shows on the Ramstalk Radio feed. That includes Ramstalk Radio with Derek and his uh, spinning wheel of guest hosts that we've seen recently, former Ram Michael Stewart, uh, newcomer Josh has been hosting shows, and um, our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio, and a new show, Ram's Uncensored. Uh, the Uncensored is a strong foundation of the show. I will just say that. And you can find all of our shows on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, Spotify. If you have a place where our podcast isn't, let us know. We'll get it there. And don't forget to give us five stars on all these platforms. Uh, It'll only help us give you a better product. And Johnny, how about you go ahead and plug our t-shirt promotion that we're launching on social media?
3: Yeah, so for for people that not only love the Rams, but... Loved kind of the history and everything about the Rams. We developed a shirt that pretty much personifies everything, everything Rams, really, back from, you know, the history of Los Angeles Rams football uh, back, uh, you know, to current day, modern day Rams uh, into one shirt in the shape of our logo. It looks sick. Like, honestly, when I when uh, Derek actually showed me this shirt, I was like, I need to have this. It, it was amazing. And best of all, uh, to the viewers, I don't know if, uh, you know, for some of the people that have met me and some that haven't, uh, if you've ever seen me in real life, I'm a very fluffy individual, you know? <laughs> yeah, very fluffy. And the fact that they actually have my size, uh, and then some actually, they go a little past my size, um, <laughs> which is nice so these are fluffy friendly t-shirts if you are a little bit on the heavier side also this is their time to get a really nice looking shirt so um, and I feel like it, it, it can be worn by just about anyone like even if, uh, even if you wanted to get one for you know uh, the girlfriend wife uh, you know heck if you want one for your kids as well This is an awesome shirt, so I highly recommend uh, taking a look at our shirt. You can see it on our social media, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, I believe our Instagram is being uh, started up again as well, so go ahead and take a look uh, on our Instagram and give us a follow while you're at it. And uh, yeah, so I highly encourage you to take a look.
1: Yeah, definitely give Rams Talk a follow on Instagram at Rams Talk, and if you need any info on where to get the shirt, you're going to want to hit up us on twitter or facebook uh you know where to find us at talk rams on twitter facebook it's facebook.com slash rams talk or any of us derek is going to be the most helpful guy with this Uh, i if you hit me up i will probably just redirect redirect you to derek but yeah definitely if you like the shirt please please give it a buy you're supporting you know rams content and it's only going to help us help you get more info on the team and if you are listening i recorded the first 10 minutes of this podcast on the wrong microphone so hopefully this sounds a little bit better on your ears but uh johnny i guess we can get to i think i want to have a bigger conversation about potential replacements for roger Saffold later on in the show but let's let's wrap up a little bit of the rams news over the past couple days um since the podcast that came out yesterday for those who have listened to it the other big rams news is the team announced their restricted free agent tenders uh, Corey littleton was given a second round tender meaning that if he signs elsewhere the rams will get a second round pick um and i believe the the rams will have the right of uh, first right of refusal or to match on any contract he's offered same thing for blake countess uh his is a sixth round tender so countess could be a little bit more likely to leave than littleton if somebody really likes him But, um, you know, I don't see anyone giving up a second-round pick for Corey Littleton right now. I think he's more valuable to us than he is to other teams, but you never know. And Malcolm Brown and Troy Hill, uh, Johnny's favorite player on the team, got their tenders, but since they were undrafted free agents, the Rams strictly have the first right of refusal on those contracts. So, both of those guys could leave if they get a good offer from somebody else, but Uh, That remains to be seen if that's something that would happen. And then exclusive free agents, which is, you know, the Rams have full control over these players' contracts. They either have to take the tender or sit out a year. Most notable there is Jojo Natson, who will be back next year as our return man, uh, barring an accusation that I don't think we could see coming. And Dominique Hatfield, Morgan Fox, two players that were injured, as well as Hatfield was injured, right? He got injured pretty early.
3: Yeah, he did get injured, but I think the one you're talking about is from the start was uh, Kevin Peterson. Kevin Peterson. Peterson.
1: Okay. I apologize for that. It's not true. Kevin Peterson and Morgan Fox were injured, uh, and they'll both be back next year, as well as a fan favorite of Butting Heads, Kaderil Hodge, who uh, seems poised to be the fifth receiver on the depth chart, I guess, unless we draft somebody, Um, but... Johnny, just any thoughts you have on these tenders? I guess the most notable would be just because teams when I think about the first round pick, Malcolm Brown and Troy Hill. do you see any of either of these guys getting a big enough offer to where the Rams would not be able to match it and
3: they'd leave? The only one I could really see would be Malcolm Brown just because there is a lot of potential there, and I think a lot of a lot of people kind of forget how good of a season he was having before he got injured, he really was have, having an amazing season. In my opinion, he had one of the best plays of the year. So, uh, you know, kudos to Brown there. His but, opinion yeah, too,
1: according to Twitter.
3: That That is true. That is true. He <laughs> did. I mean, honestly, he should be proud of that play because that was a damn amazing play. I remember watching that play um, at a bar, and I was just like, how the hell did he do that? But okay, enough of that. But uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think Brown may get a an offer that you know the Rams may not be able to match. But other than that, Troy Hill, eh, I I think it might be possible if somebody was really a big Troy Hill fan. But I don't really imagine there are, are teams that really want to give him like you know more than what the Rams are tendering him for. So yeah, I, I would say the only threat, real threat, would be Brown.
1: I, I could see somebody giving Troy Hill, I don't know, like four or five mil. I, I don't. I could see it. Um, I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible for you know a team with big cap space to say, "Hey, this guy's been okay. Maybe he'll be better in our system." Um, but Brown. <sighs> I think the best course of action for Brown, especially given what we know about Todd Gurley, if the Rams aren't able to bring back C.J. Anderson, and I'm sure they'll be monitoring it, but they don't, I think he's going to cost too much money. The best course of action for Brown, I think, would be to sign a sender, come back, have a bit of an increased role because the team, you know, assuming everything we know about Gurley is true and he has some kind of arthritis in his knee, his his carries will be... scaled back from last year, you have to think. I don't think it'll be a lot, but you have to think they scale back a little bit, especially considering the investment they made in that guy. That would give Brown more of an opportunity because he's, you know, we were on the John Kelly train early on, but he's clearly better. He's clearly good. Uh, It'll give him an opportunity to really flex and maybe get a bigger contract offer the next offseason, show that he's come back from this injury full scale and be able to produce at a good level, and I think he would get that opportunity here, uh, you know, after the postseason, more of an opportunity than I thought he would have before the postseason. Uh, Yeah, we mentioned Troy Hill. Blake Countess, I I have a feeling he'll be back, Um, but there could be a market out there that I don't know for him. And Corey Littleton, I just think the fact that you have to, A, pay more money for him than the Rams would be willing to pay and give up a second-round pick, I think that's too much of a price for Corey Littleton. I think he's a good player. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with him coming back to the Rams next year and being a starter. I'd like to get somebody better next to him than what we have right now, but it, I just I if we if the shoe was on the other foot and we had the option to pay Littleton I don't know seven or eight million dollars a year and also give up a second round pick to get him, you're not doing that a third and a fifth round pick just got antonio brown so you're not going to give a second round pick for cory littleton who no disrespect to Corey littleton you could get better players than that i think um but and then i'm excited about i guess i'm excited about the guys they brought back through the exclusive free agency uh morgan fox was a no, he's not a world-changing player, but could add some depth depending on what happens with guys like Ethan Westbrook and Dominic Easley, who's also injured. Uh, JoJo Natson, obviously fine with having him back as a returner. He's not my favorite player, but I think he's he's good enough. And Kadero Hodge, we like him, so <laughs> yeah, that's a- – any any response to that or do you want to keep going with these free agencies?
3: Free agencies.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> these free well- agents.
3: Well, uh, one more free agencies that I'd like to talk about (laughs) is uh, Kevin Peterson. Um, So, for me personally, I I was a huge Kevin Peterson fan before he got injured last season. I was actually really disappointed because I thought he was going to transition into the Troy Hill role. But he never really saw that opportunity because he got injured. So, I'm really hoping that the injury doesn't set him back too much because if he does, then he may not make it out of preseason. But uh, I am hoping that he continues on the path he was because me personally, I believe that Peterson could be that role uh, for Troy Hill and maybe hopefully be that person to have that role. And uh, no offense to Troy Hill because I I have a love-hate relationship about the guy. There are times where he actually does really solid and then there are times I'm like, why is he still playing? So um I I, I am I am gonna keep a close eye on Kevin Peterson heading into uh, preseason.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at I look at both of their Wikipedia pages, uh, Kevin Peterson and Dominic Hatfield, and because they both had season end during injuries, the same person must have updated this because on both of their Wikipedias it says without and then Hatfield or Peterson the rams reached Super Bowl 53 where they lost 13 to 3 to the Patriots. Um, so fun wikipedia facts everything you're looking for in a podcast, I'm sure. Um, let's move let's move on and um, no I don't think we have to talk a ton about these couple transactions but we I, I do want to touch on them. Uh, cause Derek and Michael Stewart last night talked about them on their show, but let's get into them a little bit. Good or bad move, Johnny? Dante Fowler back with the rams on a deal one year up to 14 million a 12 million dollar base salary
3: (sighs) this one uh okay so it's no secret that dante fowler i'm a big fan of this guy i was a big fan of this guy coming out of college and i feel like he didn't get the opportunities he deserved in in jacksonville and Now that he finally came to the Rams, I feel like he's going to, you know, I feel like he did a solid enough job to make me want him back. But I was always under the impression that the Rams wouldn't be able to afford him, mainly because I was kind of hoping that they weren't going to offer a large contract or, you know, even really technically this isn't a large contract because it's only a one year deal, but. I don't know if I can justify paying Dante Fowler $12 million base salary with potential of paying him $14 million. For that to be worth it, in my opinion, Dante Fowler needs to be double digits in sacks and needs to be consistent. And while I do like Dante Fowler a lot, I don't know if he's that guy just yet. And I would have preferred seeing him go to another team if this was the case. But the only kind of positive out of all of this is it's not a long-term deal. So even if he doesn't have the year that we're hoping for, at least he's we're off the hook next season. So I don't know about you, Steve, but I, in a way I'm kind of happy because I do think he he can – have that potential of being that guy, but at the same time, I'm like, I really wish you wouldn't have spent that much. I was
1: more surprised that Dante Fowler took this deal because you now the edge rushers they got gobbled up so quickly. I was, I thought somebody would give him a big, a decent payday. You know, Uh he got up to 14 million, but the 12 million, I thought he'd get 12 million a year from someone easily, and instead he's back here on a up to 14 million deal it's no i think the message is me that this sends to me about the rams right now is part of my french here they are not fucking around with their books long term uh they did not want to pay anybody long-term money this year uh, there were some guys out there you know that are good like cj mosley anthony barr types uh nope they know that they have a big payday coming for jared gop it's going to Jump up next year, pretty hefty, and then it's going to jump even higher the year after that, as well as Todd Gurley's contract kicking in. Uh, Donald and Cooks are already on the books for big money. Um, you know, after 2020, John Johnson might be a guy that needs to get paid if we can even if we can even squeeze him in the cap. I haven't even done that math yet. Um, Marcus Peters, if he has a bounce back year, he's, he's going to be a free agent after next year. He might have to get paid. I, I don't think they wanted to commit long term money to anybody right now. And you no know, my guess would have been that if they could have gotten a higher profile guy on a one year deal, sure. But those seeing the deals that we've seen handed out to guys even like I don't know, Tyron Matthew, um C J Mosley, Quan, Quan Alexander got the bag. I mean the there were not really a lot of one-year deal candidates, and you're probably looking to spend that money either on Dante Fowler or he hasn't even signed yet. But Nadamik and Sue in a similar situation, and they went Fowler, they went youth, they went upside. I don't hate it. Um, is it an overpay for him right now? Yeah, yeah, it is. But maybe with the stable offseason, with another another offseason and preseason to learn this system. He could be the guy that he showed glimpses of that was the number three overall pick for a reason, and he's going to get all the opportunities he can get next year. He's going to be counted on on this defensive line. He's probably going to go in the expectations that he's going to be the second best pass rusher on the team. He's going to be maybe the best linebacker on the team. He's certainly getting paid like it. So I think that it's a lot of money, but I, I, I guess I... I might believe in him that he could live up to it for one year. And yeah, like you said, I'm also glad they didn't commit long term to this guy, but I, I don't hate it. And with, when Michael Brockers back to you, you're bringing back a good defensive line. And if Franklin Myers could continue to develop and maybe they take an edge rusher in the draft, me, it, it's a good core. It's a, it's a good starting point for this, this defense right now. So Uh, You you had to bring, I think you really had to bring Fowler Sue back or replace him with somebody that's good, um, that, that you believe in that will at least be good, which I think Fowler will be good now is good worth $14 million. Maybe not, probably not, but for a team that's contending right now, you, you got to take risks like that. We are going to get to the beard momentarily, but guys, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. If you want to learn a bit more about the Rams and their history and their heritage in Los Angeles with a bit of a personal touch, we have to recommend you Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's team grit glamor and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz glamor and future hall of famers guys, John Hawk played with guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Leg Tom Fears, Les Richter, I mean, Night Train Lane. I mean, these guys are legend, Legends in a story that spans a legendary team, the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hollywood's Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com, and you can follow them on Twitter at Hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Johnny's read the book, guys. I just got the book in the mail. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful hardback. Uh, there's pictures in the middle. I haven't, I haven't dipped into it yet, but I'm, I'm very excited to read this book. And, um, you know, it's, it looks beautiful sitting on my bookshelf right now. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. But if you're just interested in a good book, it's a great story about a person's father and the legacy left behind. Again, trust us guys. It's Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's team, grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. The other notable move that happened, Johnny, the Rams bring in Eric Weddle, veteran safety, he's thirty-four, but he's made the pro bowl the last three years on a two year twelve point five million dollar contract, ten point five base salary up to twelve point five million. Out the door is Lamarcus Joyner, who heads to Oakland on a four year forty one million dollars. So we are getting a cheaper safety who most people probably believe is Better right now. joiner had a hell of a twenty seventeen season. Um obviously earned that franchise tag, but on his way out, I don't think I think it's the right move for both sides. I wish him nothing but the best. He had a, a roller coaster career here to say the least. Uh if you watched Hard Knocks the year they were on it and saw him complaining about not playing and then you know not playing that much during the twenty sixteen season under Fisher. And after that season, if I told you he was going to earn the franchise tag at a completely different position following the next season, I don't think anyone will believe me. So I just want to give a shout out to Joyner. Um, but he, he was a player I think we all liked. He made mistakes, but he, he he left his heart on the field. I will say that. It was never a lack of effort with him, in my opinion. But Eric Weddle comes in. Johnny,
3: how you feeling about it? First off, I have to make a comment. Uh, you know, going back to my old school Pokemon days. Whenever I see Weddle, I just think of Weedle. Uh, <laughs> I I can't help it, you know. I, I don't even play Pokemon anymore. But hey, well, first I just of all, see
1: first of all, you're missing out. Uh, Pokemon is timeless. Second of all, uh, this guy better be better better than fucking Weedle. I want Beedrill, baby.
3: <laughs> I want Beedrill at safety. I don't want Weedle. Uh, well, I'm sure his uh, his beard will do the talking there. But um, as far as Weddle is concerned, I have actually an article coming out uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, shameless plug there. Um, so this uh, this the reason why I wrote an article about this particular signing is because it was freaking brilliant by Les Snead. Now, taking nothing away from LaMarcus Joiner because like like Steve said, Joyner was one hell of a player in twenty seventeen. Didn't really repeat his performance in twenty eighteen, unfortunately. But the thing was he was gonna get overpaid. That is that was gonna that was a given at this point. Even if Joyner kind of lived up to his contract even a little bit, I still don't think he's worth you know, four years, forty one million. I, I think that's a little too pricey for a guy like Lamarcus Joyner. But that's the thing. That's that's kind of like the brilliance of this move, is because in a sense, you would almost say that that the Rams are upgrading with Eric Weddle, and honestly, they're not even coming close to the amount that they've paid that they would have had to pay for. LaMarcus Joyner, and isn't even just Joyner either. There are other safeties out there that are getting monster contracts, like Landon Collins, like uh, uh, Tyron uh, Mateo. Um, God, what is his name? Um, I think his name is Adeos. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. But uh, the Green Bay just paid him, I think, Mm -hmm. a four-year, $36 million contract. Getting all of these free safeties, this kind of money, and then seeing seeing Leto's contract, I, honestly, it was freaking brilliant by, uh, by Les Snead, and uh, honestly, he, he deserves a standing ovation for that, because not only are they upgrading, they're not investing heavily into the future, and at the same time, they could even scout for the future if they happen to come across somebody that he might like. And in the draft and we already know that Les knows how to scout for that so uh, kudos to, to Les for this move uh, because it, it was it was a home run it really was
1: yeah I, I'm with you on that I think that you know you don't give a lot of money you get a guy who's good uh, say what you all want about Pro Bowls uh, you know occasionally Lamar Miller sneaks into the Pro Bowl with less than a thousand yards which makes absolutely no sense I'm not gonna get into that today but you don't make six Pro Bowls in the last, um, in this decade without being good. You don't make three Pro Bowls in a row without being good. And Eric Ruddle made a Pro Bowl every year he was in Baltimore. Yeah, he's on the, he's 34, but you get him at 34 and 35. He hasn't shown major signs of regression at all. Um, I, so you're, you're getting a guy who's good, who's consistent, who's a vet, who's a leader, who wants to win, um, and who knows how to win No, he hasn't won a super bowl in the script but he's been in the playoffs plenty of times uh, it's you can't you got to be happy about getting this guy losing joiner coming off a bad year you're gonna have to pay him a lot of money it wasn't gonna happen if we franchised him he would have been 14 million dollars i think say we will want about fowler i think we all would have rather invested that money in fowler than joiner at this point point. and yeah it's a great move by less need And you mentioned the the secondary and how lesney drafts it i don't want him to use a safety on a pick on a safety this year just because um and we'll talk about this next the amount of uncertainty we have positions now that sully's gone uh, saffold's gone baron's gone and uh, sue is likely gone we're going to need to bring in starters i don't think we need to bring in another safety with a high pick this year or even a third or fourth round pick i'd rather use those on more pressing positions but next year you bring in a guy to play behind Eric Weddle for a year in the draft and then he takes over. That's great. Or even maybe Eric Weddle will play a long time. Like champ Bailey did like Charles Woodson did like D'Angelo Hall did. And we will be fine in that regard to, you know, continue to roll him out there. He'd probably be on a low contract. We might not even need a guy. And we mentioned the safeties that Sneed has acquired. I just want to, Think about the money and the contracts that these guys have earned after their rookie deals and the fact that we've replaced them. Now, Tremaine Johnson is making a shitload of money with the Jets. Janoris Jenkins got a big payday from the Giants. Uh, Marcus Joyner, obviously, as we just mentioned. Ronnie McLeod, who wasn't even drafted, I believe was getting $9 million a year from the Eagles. Uh, TJ McDonald, heading into an eight-game suspension, got it like, I think he got about $5, million, five or $6 million a year from the Dolphins. The, the guys that have came through this system over the years have all been good and have all gotten paydays because they've been good. Uh, John Johnson, whether it's here or hopefully it's here, but whether it's here or somebody else, is going to be one of those guys to get a payday. Uh, I have all the faith in the world in Leslie Scouting in this position. I think we both agreed that he would we would attack this in the draft because of that. But – this deal for Weddle is too good to pass up. I don't think we could have gotten a similar deal on an inside linebacker that's of Weddle's caliber or on an edge rusher of Weddle's caliber or even on a guard or center you know, of Weddle's caliber. So I think this was a great move. It was brilliant. And this is, you know, Sneed has done, we'll see what happens with Fowler, but overall Sneed has done a great job uh, since the Fisher era ended in building this team. And I'm sure that's partly because McVeigh and Wade Phillips are there uh, in his ear a little bit but all credit to him man this is a fantastic move and i I was really really happy with the deal let's move on to a deal that's not happening michael brockers who was a suspected cut the uh vinnie bonsignore I, I think that's how I pronounced his name uh has tweeted that there are no plans for the rams to do anything with brocker's contract at this point it's expected that he will be with the team again at, I believe it's ten and a half million dollars or a little under eleven million next year. You okay with that? Uh,
3: absolutely. I mean, the only way I could see the Rams even moving him at this point is if they were able to find him, uh, find a trade for him for like maybe some draft picks. But to tell you the truth, I don't think that's going to happen. Just because the the likelihood of bringing back Sue is, isn't very high at this point. And as far as Brockers is concerned, you know, he had a he had a bad season last season. That's undeniable. But I have all the confidence in the world in this guy. I think he will return to form. He's certainly a team player. And, you know, I think part of the reason for the kind of the lackluster season is basically uh, because we didn't have any form of rushing you know, edge rushing until really Dante Fowler came aboard. So I, I do think that once this, you know, the defensive front as a whole tends to gel or get a little bit better, meaning, you know, we, we don't have, we we don't, we're not looking for guys like, you know, just, just Dante Fowler out there. We need a little bit more than Fowler. (sighs) Ah, I just uh, I I think Brockers will benefit once the defense in general improves. So uh, and who knows, maybe part of the part of the problem with Brockers was standing next to, you know, Sue and Donald. I think that might be part of the problem as well so because if you recall last uh the previous season in 2017 he didn't he actually had a really great season and then all of a sudden he just drops because you know he's standing next to these two guys so maybe that might be part of the problem i don't know but uh hopefully he bounces back you know in 2019
1: yeah i i mentioned on a podcast i believe was last uh a couple in the last couple weeks i don't remember exactly what one we needed to make sure we keep Either Michael Brockers and Adama and Sue, um, and it looks like we're keeping Brockers unless Sue takes literally no money. He's probably not back next year, so Brockers is definitely being overpaid. He how he played last year. He he definitely is. I wouldn't say he's a ten, <laughs> ten and a half million dollar a year player, but you know what? He has had overall a very good career with the rams he's been low maintenance um when you make that much money and you're the second best player in your position i guess you should be a little low maintenance but he's he's been good for us overall it last year he wasn't but i'll give him the benefit of the doubt i think a little bounce back here he was the captain which means the players respect him and you know we love him so it it is what it is i guess it, you want to keep him happy um if you don't have any intention of cutting him then it's a tough ask for him to restructure uh you really only approach a player with a restructure if you're going to cut them. if they don't want to restructure and so with that being said i think it's it's fine to bring him back uh, i don't have really a strong opinion on it but i just know we needed to keep one of Brockers and sue and if it's Brockers, so be it even if it's on that big contract um it's, I don't think there was a ton of opportunity with that money if they didn't want to commit to somebody long term anyways so uh, that's that's what I got on that but let's let's kind of wrap up where the Rams are at right now in the off season and I don't think I don't think any news has dropped since we started recording the podcast uh, knock on wood that we at least get this podcast to be relevant for a day. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some news coming on sue and maybe in John Sullivan and Barron soon, and we'll talk about that when the time comes. But right now the Rams, factoring in their tenders, they have a hair under $10 million in cap space. A good chunk of that will be going towards draft picks. Um, I guess I'll make this a two-part question. Do, do you see really anything else happening with the Rams this offseason? Uh, for me, I, unless they're going to be getting some minimum guys on vet minimums or something like that or very low money, I don't think much will happen. I mean, maybe if there's absolutely no market for Clay Matthews, a guy who I I don't think is that good, but maybe bring him in on a bet minimum just for some edge rushing depth. But do you think they do anything else really in free agency, if there are any type of players? And also do – just answer that, and then we'll get to the next part.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yes, I I do think they'll do a little bit with uh, veteran minimums. But uh, anything major uh, or earth-shattering, no. There there simply just isn't any money there. And the only way that that would happen, honestly, is if they do cut Brockers, which I've already kind of mentioned that they aren't. So, uh, yeah, I I would really, really be surprised if something earth-shattering does happen from here on out. You know, uh, Matthews, I highly doubt, even on a veteran minimum comes – to to la i i i think you will end up getting paid somewhere else
1: yeah i've said my piece on matthews i don't think he's good but i think it would be pretty funny if he was here and also if he's on a bet minimum you could do worse as edge rushing depth uh, but given our linebacker situation you probably start uh unless something else happens in the draft but so the second thing i wanted to ask is right now the depth chart as as is the team is probably going to be starting Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen, John Franklin Myers, and Micah Kaiser. And potentially Okoronkwo will be fighting for that job with Samson Ibukam. But I, I forget him, but I just, we had to mention that. this five mid-round picks from last year that are going to be counted on for roles on this team. Uh, in particular, the other four I mentioned besides Oboe. Three of those guys did not play like at all last year. Uh, very minimal time for Noteboom, Kaiser, and... Allen now Franklin Myers played he was probably the best rookie on our team that's not saying much he was really the only rookie on our team and him I think he could do worse with a starter if you're going into the year with him as a starter I'd like to see them bring in a nose tackle if they can maybe it's through the draft or whatever but how do you feel if about those three and more importantly considering how you feel what should the Rams do with their first
3: round pick of the guys you've mentioned I really, at this point, I would be really shocked to see Micah Kaiser as a starter. Not to say that it can't happen, but it, it would it would really shock me to see him, considering that he had all this opportunity last year, and Wade Phillips did not want to roll with him. So um, I, I don't think the Micah Kaiser thing is going to happen. Now that said, I. Honestly, love the idea of starting Joseph Noteboom at guard. I just want to make thing one thing really clear before I move on. I was never a hater of Joseph Noteboom. I was a <laughs> hater of the idea of Joseph Noteboom as a left tackle. I want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah, left tackle Joseph Noteboom, no. Maybe left guard Joseph Noteboom? Yeah, I, I could see that. I think that's a lot more doable. And, uh, I, I I really hope that they look elsewhere for left tackle, but that's just me now, as far as him being the the starting left guard, the replacement for Roger Saffold, I'm okay with that. Honestly, I am. If they want to, you know, try and bring in a veteran, I, I honestly feel like he would be just as good just because I feel like he, um, during the opportunities that he did get the very little opportunities, I thought he did very solid, you know, maybe not as good as a Roger Saffold, but um, you know, at this point the options are kind of limited to replace a guy like Roger Saffold at this point. So no boom there. Great. Uh, Brian Allen at center. Uh, that one's a little bit harder. So yeah, I mean, I suppose you could put him there. You could plug him in there. Uh, it, it seems like the Rams are still pretty high on on Brian Allen. I guess I'd be okay with that because it's really hard to evaluate a guy that really didn't have many opportunities. But if they drafted him and they are still high on the guy, I'd be okay with at least rolling with him for one year. Why not? And hopefully he can he can, you know, play that starting role. I can see that. Uh I would prefer, you know, bringing in a a veteran but you know guys like uh mitch morse are already gone so um why why not roll with uh with a guy like uh brian allen i i I don't have an issue with that either now where uh you know john franklin myers i feel like he he's not preferable in my opinion i feel like he's gonna be a guy that could be you know uh a situational pass rusher i feel like that's kind of something more, you know, his up his alley. But um, would it be the end of the world? Not necessarily. But in my opinion, using that first round pick, the pick number 31 overall, I'd have to say either looking for an inside linebacker or looking for uh, a defensive end. I I think at 31, unless the Rams trade up, they're not going to get that kind of nose tackle that they need at this point. So I think for the thirty first overall, uh, I, I would I would look more towards the inside linebackers and uh and uh defensive end. I, I feel like that might be the more beneficial spots for these for this uh pick.
1: The good thing is Lesni too has historically picked well in the late third round. So I think it's nice that we have two compens- or two picks sitting there late in the third round for us as well as his first round pick, which I mean, I I haven't gotten into the nitty-gritty of draft stuff. I'm waiting until free agency ends to kind of start looking at guys. But it's just the first time in, like, four years, really, that we've actually had a first-round pick. And I'm excited to talk about it. The last first-round pick we had was Jared Goff, who, I mean, as soon as we traded up, that was over. Um, So before that, 2015 was Todd Gurley was the last, like, hey, we have this pick. Who should we take? That was the last time in the first round, which is crazy because that seems like ages ago. But to me, nope, boom. I I think it's I'm fine with them giving Boom a shot at left guard. I think they would like him the most out of these four guys. Um, Kaiser, and I've said it multiple times: the fact that he didn't play last year concerns me, considering how bad our linebackers were. So I'm some people are confident as him going in as a starter. I'm not. I would love to address that in free agency if we can with a a vet just to add some depth or in this draft what i hope they do is they look at you know they have their first round graded players on the board when when this pick comes around i think you go with the best available player at either inside linebacker or edge rusher or i guess center two you know you mentioned brian allen i'm not super confident about allen but the problem is with bringing in a vet you're not going to get anybody better than John Sullivan with the budget we have right now, uh, you could, could get some guys that are worse. I'm sure they will add a vet that's, you know, um, I don't know if they'd expect him to start, but just add some depth there, add some leadership, add some guidance for Brian Allen if that's who they do go with. But I want them to draft the player they have the highest grade on out of these couple positions in need at this position. And then maybe at in those two third-round picks, add guys to compete, maybe add in an inside linebacker if you can. Add in an edge rusher to compete with Dobo and Cam for that other spot. Add in no, another lineman that could maybe be a little flexible, play some center, play some guard, compete with No nope Boom and Brian Allen. But they got to nail that first round pick, man. Uh, if they trade out of it, I would want two second round picks this year because they need guys on chief contracts given where their salary cap is heading. They just they got to nail that pick, man. They can't afford to miss it this year. And, you know, for first round picks during the Snead era, they may had some huge, huge home runs, but they've also had Greg Robinson and Tavon Austin. So I'm a little nervous, I'm a little nervous about this pick, man. But this is, this might be the most critical part of the off season is nailing what you do with that first round pick, whether it's trading it for more picks, whether it's trading it along with, I don't know, Michael Brockers for a really good player, or whether it's just drafting and hitting on that their last late first round pick, I believe was Alec Ogletree. Right. And that, that overall worked out well for us, I'd say, but whew, we, we got to know that pick, man, this is going to be a crucial pick.
3: I, I just, you know, you brought up Tavon Austin and Greg Robinson. and I just reached for my RC 10 right now. Oh <laughs> my God. Greg,
1: I, I don't even know what, what Greg, I don't know what the analogy for Greg Robinson would be. And, I, I put an article on the Rams website, this ramstalk.net. Uh, check it out. Read my article. It was called The Bus Meter. I gave five levels of how to deal with players that come in and disappoint, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Uh, I'm sure you can guess who number five is. But level four was Greg Robinson, and that's partly because – Johnny, have you ever looked at the players that we could have had instead of Greg Robinson that year? Um, I is, try not But, yes, I have. It is the most stacked draft class in recent memory possibly ever. Um, Out of the first 17 picks, 13 of them made Pro Bowls. Sammy Watkins is one of the four that didn't, and he's a good player, earned a huge contract. Uh, The other three, Justin Gilbert and Greg Robinson, uh, a huge bust. I want to talk about the other guy because I actually want to talk about him, and I forgot I wanted to talk about him. But, like, listen to these guys. After Greg Robinson, it went Blake Bortles, Sammy. Blake Bortles, all right. We weren't going to take him. But then Sammy Watkins, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Justin Gilbert, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Luan, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Chazier, Zach Martin, CJ Mosley. Leslie probably doesn't have a job if he doesn't take Aaron Donald with that pick in this draft. And outside of Justin Gilbert, all of those guys have been Pro Bowlers. Shazir, uh, obviously, is. is Dealing with his injuries, and hopefully he, you know, recovers at some point. But those other three guys are top tier players at their positions. Eric Ebron's been a little flaky, but Khalil Mack is fucking Khalil Mack. Mike Evans and Odell Beckham are two of the best wide receivers in the league. Anthony Barr just got a huge payday as inside linebacker. Kyle Fuller had a really, really good bounce back season and one of the best corners in the league. C.J. Mosley, another guy that got a huge contract. Zach Martin. Imagine if we had Zach Martin on the team. It's just infuriating looking at this draft. Thank God we ended up with Aaron Donald. But, oh, my God. What could have been, man?
3: Dude, I, I feel like I need a drink after talking to you on this, man. <laughs> uh, I, You know what? Screw the soda. Give me tequila. Uh, I just, fuck, oh, man. You just ruined my night.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the guy I wanted to talk about in this draft is, as you all know, I've been harping on the backup quarterback train for a while, and I'm just going to say it, I, I would love if, if Blake Bortles gets cut, if we bring him in as our backup quarterback on like a three or four million dollar contract, he'd probably get more money than that, but I'm just throwing that out there. I would love Blake Bortles to be our backup quarterback. I know he's not that good, but he's proven that he could not fuck up enough to win you critical games in a season. Uh, he didn't do it last year, but the team around him kind of collapsed as well. Um, I don't know if you got a response to my take on I won't play Bortles on the team
3: now. Well, I know Sean Mannion's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Uh, let's Let's –
1: we're we're pushing an hour here. Let's we're not going to talk about Sean Mannion today, my RC ten buddy. We're <laughs> I I want to talk about the Odell Beckham trade that happened tonight. Um, I believe let me do a quick Google here and make sure that Le'Veon Bell hasn't signed with anybody yet because um nope. it's crazy that Odell Beckham got traded before Le'Veon Bell signed, but. This is a kind of a big thing here is, and we saw with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, with the Rams last year, and now the Browns in a way this year, quarterbacks on rookie contracts have become more valuable than ever. Uh, in the AFC, yeah, they've had Tom Brady and they've had Ben Roethlisberger and they've had Peyton Manning going and winning all these Super Bowls. But in the NFC, the, the big names that have, the quarterbacks that have been in Super Bowls, Nick Foles decided that would have been Carson Wentz if he was healthy, but Jared Goff, rookie contract, Carson Wentz, rookie contract, Russell Wilson, I believe both of those games he was on his rookie contract. If he wasn't, it was the first series on his new one. Uh, I'll go back to Colin Kaepernick on his rookie contract. It is becoming with the new rookie scales and how much quarterbacks are being made, they're making ungodly sums of money. I mean, if you haven't heard about Jared Goff's contract, which we will be talking about at some point on the podcast when we have a little quieter every week, he's going to make an ungodly amount of money. You bring in Odell Beckham after you know Baker Mayfield, that's a hell of a year. Even what the Jets are doing, they're bringing in you know players to build around Sam Darnold, who's not as old on him as Baker Mayfield. You can't be yet, but he also looks like a promising player. It is The time to push for a championship is when you have these quarterbacks on these deals and you could put players around them. We saw the Rams do it last year when they bring in Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, Brandon Cooks, Adam Kinsu. Um, they're bringing in Eric Weddle now, but those, most of those guys are still here. You put the pieces around these guys when you can afford to. Because come 2021, we're not going to be able to give guys like Dante Fowler and Adam Kinsu one-year, $12 million deals. Teams are going all-in right now on these rookie quarterbacks and it's a trend that's not going anywhere the browns you know you look at their roster now that offense with beckham if he's healthy is absolutely loaded on paper it might it's i would go out and say it's the most talented group of skilled players in the league with beckham with jarvis landry with nick chubb with cream hunt with david njoku and antonio cowley he's not that i don't not that's all on him, but he's your third receiver that's not bad this this is a brilliant move by the Browns. I know you give up some draft capital, but you, and you give up Javale Preppers, who I, I think could still be a good NFL player and has shown promise. But man, that that team is frightening on offense with Odell Beckham, who I will sit here and say, if he's healthy, might be the best receiver in the league. He's at least top three, even with all his problems. That. That's a scary move by the Browns, man. They might put themselves in position to be the favorites in the NFC North right now, and I think that's kind of being overblown because the the, the Steelers are still good, even without Antonio Brown, but it's a hell of a move by the Browns, and you got to applaud them for the team they built over the last two years.
3: But they still have Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I'm sorry. I had to do that. I had to say that. But, uh, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, I you know, overnight built uh, one solid team. And uh, in a way, I'm just kind of waiting for the implosion just because it's tradition at this point. But um, we'll see, man. And on the other side of the coin in that trade, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell the New York Giants are doing. Like... (laughs) I, I get that they're trying to restock with talent, uh, with draft picks, which, okay, fine, but, like, you're losing all of the only good chips that you had on your team. You know, you let Landon Collins walk to your division rivals. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, for me, I just – I mean, you're a New York guy, you know – what, what do you think they're doing? <laughs> uh, I had a fun day this afternoon. I worked with a bunch
1: of Jets fans, and I got to break the news that Anthony Park left the team after agreeing to sign. And now I'm seeing not thrilled Giants fans on Twitter. Uh, I just think I think there's been some bubbling animosity between Beckham and the organization. Um, and I – I was thinking he doesn't fit the timeline of this team, but he's still ridiculously young considering the fact that he's been in the league for this long. He's only 26. He'll be 26 for most of next year. Uh, he's an insanely talented dude. You had arguably the best running back and receiver in the NFC. I'm not saying they are, but arguably, maybe even the whole NFL with him and Barkley. You take back him out of the equation, If you don't make any other moves at receiver and you keep that same bum quarterback you got in there, teams are going to be stacking that box, and it screams 2016 Todd Gurley and 2018 David Johnson for Barkley next year if they don't make any other moves without Beckham. I I don't think the return for him is that bad considering his injury history. Uh, He's got a big personality. He's uh, he's got a big contract. You know. You get a first round, a third round, and Jabiel Papus is a promising young player, like I said. He could do worse on a return compared to what they got for Antonio Brown. It's not bad, but I'd rather have Odell Beckham than all those things. And if you're going to draft a young quarterback, don't you want him to have Odell Beckham as a weapon to throw with? Unless there's something we don't know about Odell saying like, yeah, maybe he went to the front office and said, "Look, hey, I'll play next year, but I would prefer to be traded." Uh, it's it's quite it's just it's head scratching what the Giants are doing, and you know, at some point they're gonna luck into another Super Bowl, failing upwards like they did twice. But God, they are they are not in a good place, man, and I I don't know, I I, I fear for. The quarterback coming in, I fear for what's going to happen to Saquon Barkley next year without Beckham there if they don't bring in another receiver. Sterling Shepard's not bad, sure. Ingram's a good tight end, but teams are going to be stacking, man. I think we can wrap up on that. Uh, Hopefully, like I said, nothing else happens. I do want to give a shout-out to two Twitter users who hit us up with soda analogies, both about Aaron Donald. One was from T-Bone at BBQ, who said, Aaron Donald is jolt-cola. Some of our older listeners might appreciate that analogy. Some of our younger listeners are going to have to do what me and Johnny did and figure out what the hell Jolt Cola is. But after reading about it, I think it's a fair analogy. I'll let you guys do your research. Uh, And Dana Dooley at Dana DLY said Aaron Donald would be Dr. Pepper, which I thought that was a unique comparison and a fitting one because there's no soda quite like Dr. Pepper out there. And um, yeah, Donald, there's nothing like him in the NFL. And thanks to everybody who appreciated my Diet Coke and RC10 takes last week. I I was very proud of both of those, and I did not think of them ahead of time. So I appreciate the feedback. And if you have any other soda analogies, hit us up on Twitter, at C.Ribero and at Johnny5Not6. Let us know. We'll we'll take all soda analogies, and we will read them on the podcast in the coming weeks. Johnny, you got any more soda thoughts? Uh,
3: You know – just one because Jolt Cole actually two. Joe Cola, uh, I feel like a better a better fit for him would be Andrew Whitworth, because they're both old. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both and they're wow. both good apparently. So So Whitworth I think is a better fit. But uh um and the other thing is can someone come up with a comparison for Doctor Thunder? You know, I freaking love Doctor Thunder. If you're like me, come, growing up in a family that never really bought like the big name sodas because they were too expensive and you know settled for the generic sodas like dr thunder but you know sounds kind of cheesy but it was so good i want i want a comparison for that so so tweet at us uh if you can think of a comparison for dr thunder extra points if you even know what dr thunder is
1: <laughs> well if aaron donald is dr pepper maybe michael brockers is dr thunder now because he's not on a cheap contract um, no, no, he's not. So I don't know what discount Doc Aaron Donald would be uh, I'm sure there's some Qualified candidates out there I would love to hear them uh, But yeah, that's a great one I, I've actually never heard of Dr. Thunder But I didn't drink Dr. Pepper throwing, growing up um, I guess RC Cola would be The the cheaper equivalent Because I was a cola guy I have good memories of Doc RC Cola in general Just not of RC 10 Which as if you didn't listen to the show last week I <laughs> compared to Sean Mannion. All right. Um a- any parting thoughts here before we head off?
3: Uh go Rams.
1: Go Rams. Uh <laughs> six months till the season starts. Uh all right, guys. We mentioned where you can follow us and of course follow Rams Talk at talk rams and Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. If you want to see those shirts or if you want to buy one even better, please hit us up on Twitter. Uh, We're looking to move some of those, and it would be a big help for us. And you get a sweet shirt out of it. And don't forget, five-star reviews wherever you get in our podcast, guys. For Johnny Gomez, this is Steve Ribeiro. We'll talk to you next week.
2: check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
3: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
2: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.